You're listening to the Disney One by One podcast, a chronological look at every Disney animated classic and beyond. Here's your host, Mike Rolfing. Hello and welcome to Disney One by One. This week we're talking about Dumbo from 1941. And don't forget you can check us out everywhere on the internet at Disney One X One. And if you could give us a rating and review on iTunes, it'd be much appreciated. We actually have some more iTunes reviews this week. First from N7791CSTL. Amazing insights. Thanks for that. From Bryce VD14. Fantastic idea. I listen to a lot of podcasts and this one has had an amazing start. Look forward to hearing more. Thanks, Bryce. And from Bloody Leg the Pirate, whoever he or she is. Lots of other podcasts like this out there and none are even close to the quality of this one. A fun, worthwhile use of time. Give it a listen. So thanks so much for listening and for writing those reviews. If you haven't heard yours yet, you may just hear it on a future episode, so stay tuned. And with me as always today is my brother David Rolfing. David, welcome back to Disney One by One. Hey Mike, thanks for having me back. Um, this one is close to my heart because you and Matt, my two brothers, would make fun of my big ears as a child. Luckily, <laughs> I grew into them a little bit. I have no recollection of that, but... If, Maybe if, it was probably mostly Matt. David, I... Did not mention this last week. We were we were we discussed Fantasia, and I have been on the hunt for a Fantasia and or Fantasia 2000 Blu-ray for I think years now. It was released on Blu-ray in like 2010, and then Disney like they do put it back in the vault. And I even went so far as to buy like a European version of it and tried to rip it to my computer, and it didn't work because <laughs> all the American ones were like 50 bucks used on on eBay. And the other day, after we, when I was editing the Fantasia show, I searched for it once again, and I found one for 20 bucks. Now I have Fantasia and Fantasia 2000 in glorious high definition, and I'm very excited. How many more do you have left in the collection? Oh, I don't own most of them, but that's the one I've always wanted. Okay. And uh, the DVD just does not look very good, so. Finally, Rhapsody in Blue in high definition. Very nice. Anyway, we have a special guest on the show again today, my friend Patrick Schaefer, who is sporting a Cubs hat as I'm sporting my Cardinals hat, so I'm reluctantly allowing you on the show today. Deal with it. You got nobody else to do this thing. I know it. <laughs> Desperate times, Mike. Yeah, I'm very excited to have you and to get your opinion on this very interesting movie from 1941, um, but first, I would love to hear your Disney history. How has Disney influenced your life or not at all? I mean, the short answer is I'd probably say not at all. Like, <laughs> you and I have very different Disney backgrounds. I mean, I, I've seen most of the ones on the list, and I think I tallied up about 27 of them. And, like, at least 23 of them, I knew that I had seen them and basically had no memory of watching them. Yeah, that's how you a know? lot of them are for me, too. <laughs> yeah. So, like, we you know, we've been to Disney World and stuff, and, like, it's a blast, but... It hasn't like inspired me to become an animator or anything like that. You know, <laughs> I enjoyed them mostly under the age of like 12. Right. So it made for a good childhood probably. Yep. And now you're 30, what, 31 watching Dumbo at home. On a, 31 on a, watching on a Dumbo. Tell my wife to be quiet. I'm taking notes on Dumbo. <laughs> Keep it down in there. I was on a plane to Arkansas for my buddy's wedding last weekend. And I was planning on watching Dumbo <laughs> on my laptop on the plane I didn't watch it on the plane. I was too embarrassed. And sitting in the middle seat, I just, I don't know. I couldn't bring myself to be the 
25 year old guy watching Dumbo on his laptop. <laughs> you know what that means, David? You you literally just killed the child inside. Aww. You you mm. you wouldn't own up to it, man. That's so sad. <laughs> I will I will admit the same thing happened to me a couple weeks ago. Patrick and I worked together and we were we were on a trip to Charlotte and I I needed to watch Pinocchio and I had it on my had it on my iPad and I felt weird watching it next to this like 25 year old girl sitting next to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched uh, Mission Impossible instead. So we watched them in private, then we talk about them for everybody to hear, but we shouldn't be ashamed. Not at all. I will proudly watch Cinderella on our next trip to wherever we go. You're going to need to bring like a splitter with you because I think most people would want to listen or watch it with you. <laughs> so, Patrick, the other thing we do with our special guests on this show is ask them what their top five favorite Disney movies are. So from this list that I have provided you, let's start with your number five. Number five for me is Wreck-It Ralph. You know, I don't know. I haven't seen as many of the newer ones as I'd like. Um, I like that one purely for like all the throw-ins, you know, I thought yeah, it was a fun yeah. movie, but like, you know, it's fun to spot all those different like Easter eggs and stuff. Felt like a, like a, like a more fun version of Ready Player One. That's like, exactly what it is. Because <laughs> <laughs> that movie was disappointing. All right. Number four. Four is uh, Hercules. And again, pretty much everything on my top five, it's, it's from a limited list anyway, because like I haven't seen that many of them. So really, these are just like the ones I remember the most. Sure. But but Hercules, you know, I had younger siblings. And so when that movie came out, it was like really popular. And so by default, I ended up watching that one a lot with them. Yeah. I don't know. If we go three, two, one, I didn't rank them necessarily. I'm doing it on the fly. <laughs> I just kind of wrote them out. After Hercules, probably Fox and the Hound. Wow. All right. Which is, I don't know. Is that like a... Uh, that's like, just is that, like a... Is that that's, like a that's sleeper? A, like, I think, I think it, I've never seen it. It's more obscure. More obscure for sure. Yeah. Well, true to form, it's like scarily dark at times and kind of unnerving for children, like a, like a lot of these. Yeah. But yeah, again, I've, I've seen that one probably the third most, so that's probably why it's number three for and me. And the characters in that are Todd and something else. T Todd, man, we were just talking about this the other day. It's Todd Copper. Copper. <laughs> Copper's the fox. Yeah. And then there's Big Mama, the, the, the owl mom. <laughs> It's a good one. See, after Fox and the Hound, I would say uh, Jungle Book, which I would imagine is a lot of people's like number one or at least top three. It's a popular one. And then uh, my favorite is Robin Hood, actually. All right. I love Robin the Hood. The first guest to not have Lion King as their number one. Yes, even, you not even the on the first. list. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is about that movie. I've seen it plenty of times, but like I think I was old enough when I saw it. I was old enough to be annoyed by hype. Because I definitely remember all my friends just going crazy for that movie and me being like, I don't see what the big deal is. I mean, it was good. Yeah. You know, it's like when somebody like demands that you watch Game of Thrones or Breaking Bad and you're like, you know what? You've demanded it so much. I literally don't want to watch it now. That's kind of what Lion King was for me. I, I know it's a great movie. Yeah. Maybe we can get you to watch it again. I'd watch it again. See, this is just adding to the problem. <laughs> we can't ask him <laughs> to watch it. I'm just going to keep pushing you away, guys. I'm sorry. And with that, we will move on to Dumbo. And now, our feature presentation. Dumbo, the little elephant who was all ears. So as always, some brief historical context about this movie. Dumbo is based on a children's story written by Helen Aberson and Harold Pearl. 
it was a very short book. It was like eight or ten drawings and just a few lines of text. And one of Disney's co-workers or animators brought this book to him in the late 30s, and he really liked it. He originally thought of it as a short, but then decided to make it into a feature. But because of World War II going on, Disney had not made much money off the last two movies, Pinocchio and Fantasia. So they basically had to keep this movie as low budget as possible. The director, Ben Sharpstein, was told to keep it simple. The movie ended up being half the cost of Snow White, a third of Pinocchio, and it did eventually turn a profit. So I guess it kind of dug them out of a hole. There's not near as much detail in the animation as some of the previous movies. They used watercolors for the background instead of more expensive oil paints. The animation is generally less complicated and detailed, though in my opinion, still pretty great. The movie was released in October of 1941. It was only 64 minutes long. The, the distributor was actually reluctant to release it because of its length, but Disney convinced them to do it. It ended up winning an Oscar for Best Original Score and was nominated for Best Original Song for Baby Mine. So that's about all I have for History of Dumbo. David, do you have any fun facts this week? As a matter of fact, I do. So this was the <laughs> first and only Disney movie to feature a lead character that did not speak a single line. Ah. So no other movie has done that since from Disney. And then Time Magazine is going to have Dumbo on its cover but then Pearl Harbor happened, and they swapped that swapped out that cover for Pearl Harbor for that issue. Probably a good bet. So Dumbo almost got on there. <laughs> is it too soon to make a dive bomber peanut joke out of that? <laughs> it is not too soon. It's been, yeah, I don't know. The end of the movie, Dumbo's literally like kamikazeing his other, uh, his <laughs> other, the other the people. crowd. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. I thought I heard like the the like old like dive bomber siren oh, at sure. a couple of points, right? For like, sure. Yeah, I wonder if they tried to cut that out or something after that happened. I don't know. Probably would have been a good call. Yeah. And um, one more: the Dumbo flying elephant ride can be found at five Disney parks: Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disneyland Paris, Hong Kong, and Tokyo. So it's probably one of a few rides to show up at all parks. I'm not sure how many, but Mike, you probably know more about that. Well, can you name the other Dumbo ride that is in two different parks? Definitely not. <laughs> Though I have been on that one. Okay. Well, there is a Casey Jr. train ride at Disneyland and Disneyland Paris where you can oh, ride the train. Okay. What does he say? I, I, is it, does he just say, I think I can? Yeah. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. I thought I could. I thought I could. I yeah. Thought I, could. <laughs> I had to rewind that. I couldn't, I wasn't quite sure if he was yeah. talking or not. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, he definitely is. Walt Disney's Dumbo brings you a trainload of exciting new characters. So, with that, let's move on to sort of what our preconceived notions or ideas were of this movie. I definitely had seen it at some point as a child, but it had been a really long time. Patrick, had you seen this movie? And what did you kind of know about it before watching it? Okay. So, I had definitely seen it before. I had next to no recollection of it and basically the only components i could remember was like elephant with big ears gets separated from mom and is in the circus and can fly like yeah. that's literally it yeah david did you have anything more than that <laughs> i had seen it before for sure i didn't remember much of it i could the like parts i did remember are sort of the beginning like the stork delivering the babies and kind of the end of the burning building but nothing really in between, I remembered from whenever I saw it. I don't even know when, but I didn't know most of the key story points. I just knew that Dumbo could fly with his big ears, basically. 
Yeah, which happens in like the last 30 seconds of the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, which we'll get to. Yeah, same here. I definitely recognized a lot of things and recognized some songs and characters, but there were a lot of scenes that did not pop up in my memory in any in any way whatsoever. So we will get into this. First, if you haven't seen this movie or you haven't seen it for a while, here is Dumbo in 60 seconds. Dumbo begins with a flock of storks delivering circus animal babies to their parents. This includes the child of an elephant named Mrs. Jumbo. The baby has really big ears, so in turn the other elephants call him Dumbo. Jumbo? You mean Dumbo? When a group of boys harass Dumbo at their next performance, Mrs. Jumbo attacks them and then is sent to solitary confinement. So Dumbo, now all alone, befriends a mouse named Timothy Q. I don't see nothing wrong with him. Dumbo gets assigned to the top of the pyramid in a circus stunt, which goes terribly wrong when Dumbo trips over his ears. He's banned from the act and turned into a clown, as the other elephants completely disown him. Timothy takes Dumbo to see his caged mother, who sings him a lovely song. He later needs a drink, but the bucket is accidentally tainted with champagne, so he and Tim become drunk and have an epic vision about pink elephants. The next morning, they wake up in a tree and determine that Dumbo can fly. Here he is! Just look at him, Dumbo! Why? That poison wings! With the help of some crows, this turns out to be true and Dumbo soon becomes the star of the circus. His mother is set free, and they get their very own private car on the Casey Jr. train. So Dumbo, a very short, kind of odd movie. Patrick, you watched this basically for the first time the other night. What was, what was your initial reaction to Dumbo? The first things I started taking note of were just like the the quality of the animation. Um, and it was interesting to hear you guys say that like this was kind of a lower rent version than the other ones that they had done prior because I did think like like the first scene that struck me was when they have that painted background and the train is kind of tearing through the countryside. Like I thought that was yeah. That was really impressive. That and the the light the 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 lighting, you know, during the animation of like when the storks are landing in the beginning when they're essentially dive bombing babies. Um, <laughs> I thought it was well animated. I thought the music was great. There's really not much of a story. No. You know, it's it's incredibly simple. And it, it made me curious about a lot of the other movies, you know, like I remember even Pinocchio being more more complicated than this. I mean, it's you know, David said the the lead doesn't even speak. I mean, the, if you were to sum up the plot of this movie, it's just kind of like he doesn't seem to ha- have a problem being in the circus. It's not like he's <laughs> He doesn't like it, like like it. His life there, he gets, you know, his mom gets put in timeout. Uh, his his friends are dicks to him, and then he learns to fly and he becomes a star. Like that's that's pretty much it, you know. A very well done, very short, simple movie, and and slightly racist and dated at points. But <laughs> aren't they all? <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, it, it goes to the territory, I guess. You know, this is there, done in the forties. Yeah, I mean the previous. Four have been more sexist than anything. A mm-hmm. lot of a lot of women doing very stereotypical '40s women things, you know. Mm-hmm. And I guess the women in this movie were just basically gossipers. If you count those those elephants, yeah, That's pretty much all they did. Did his mom say a word? I'm trying to remember if his mom says she a had word. Like on. one or well, two she lines. Is that her singing the song? Uh, the I, I don't song? know. Uh, not technically. Maybe it's supposed to be assumed. It's definitely a different person. Okay. A different voice talent, but. I don't know. I think it's just supposed to just be the song in the background. Sure. I know they do that a lot. But does the mom say anything? I honestly, I don't remember if the mom literally says. Yeah, because yeah, she names him. She names him Jumbo Junior. Yeah. Okay. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I, I remember just the friends talking so much more. They're yeah. so catty. Yeah. yeah. 
you know, those women folk, all they do is, they, I was trying to put on some 40s, <laughs> my 40s hat, but I, I'm going I'm to stay away from it. All those women do is gossip. Yeah. <laughs> that was bad. All right. David, Dumbo, what'd you think? Uh, Dumbo, it was, as Patrick said, very simple. Um, a few different scenes stood out to me because of how simple the movie was. It made them even more striking. The intro scene with like the, it reminded me like the three caballeros style of like oh, it the, completely is, and the I map because I'm pretty sure they show that in that film as well. So that was like abstract when the rest of the movie is very literal. And then they added in the pink elephant scene, which was also very <laughs> abstract and very jarring. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that. I mean, overall, I wanted a little bit more with the story. I wish there was like a clear villain. There were kind of a couple villains, the the other elephants who gossiped, and then maybe the kid with the big ears who made fun of him. But besides that, there's really not a villain. So I, there could have been, I don't know, just a little more clear of an antagonist, I think would have helped out the story. But I liked it. I enjoyed watching it. I... Hadn't seen it for a long time, and I'm I'm glad I watched it again. Um, it's not a long watch, so definitely worth it. I really liked this movie, and I was I was kind of surprised, just because I thought I knew what it was about and thought I had maybe seen it before. But I think of the is this the fifth one now? The fourth one of the four movies. This one's probably on the top of my list if we're if we're doing that rank. From the beginning, like you mentioned, with the sort of overhead map and the storks, and I love the guy who does the voice of that of the stork that ends up delivering Dumbo is also the original voice of Winnie the Pooh. Wait, can I ask a question? Because yes. I know you're going to know it. Yes. I wrote this down. The voice of the stork, well, a lot of voices in this movie kind of sounded familiar, but the yeah. voice of the stork, is that not the same uh, actor that does the voice of the snake in Jungle Book? It is. Okay. Yes. All right. I just, I'm proud of myself for knowing that. But it is. And he's the original Winnie the Pooh. And he also does some voices in Three Caballeros, which, as I've established, mm-hmm. I really like. Um, so, like, just from the start, I was like, all right, this is cool. And I love these the, that overhead map of Florida. <laughs> and the, the, the Stork song was really set in a, a fun vibe and kind of that Disney choir. And, um, and from there, yeah, I guess just because it was so short. I liked it even more because it didn't linger on anything. I guess I expected the, there to be a little bit more Dumbo flying, just like I expected there to be a little more Pinocchio nose growing in Pinocchio, which is literally a minute of the movie. But, you know, I was holding my child during the baby mind song and <laughs> <laughs> struck a chord. And, yeah. and uh, I thought of you. Yeah, I loved the crows at the end, which I'm sure we'll get to. One of them was named Jim Crow, which is just a whole can of worms. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And overall, I was just very charmed by it. So as of now, it's at the top of my list if we're starting from scratch at, at, uh, at Snow White. Look out for Mr. Stork, that persevering chap. To come along and drop a bundle in your lap. You may be poor or rich, it doesn't matter which. Millionaires, they get theirs like the butcher and the baker. So look out for Mr. Stork. I was a little surprised. Uh, in the intro, they kind of set up the whole, whole carnival and they show all the different animals getting their babies and everything. And then they don't really show the other animals at all throughout the movie. They focus on the elephants, on the mouse, and on the clowns. They really don't even show the other animals again. Yeah, and they're saving money. 
that's I thought the same thing. I thought <laughs> you know I had such a limited memory of this. I thought we were gonna get into like kind of Charlotte's Web, and then it's just kind of like nope. It's literally just these two elephants and a mouse. I thought the mouse was great. I thought he was a lot of fun. Very Jiminy Cricket esque. If we're referencing Pinocchio again. And he had that very stereotypical 40s, like, uh, Jersey, New Yorker, like, why, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you better leave him alone, you big joik. You know, like, just so over the top. It was good, though. He, he definitely was a fun character, but uh, a little stereotypical even there. How do you like that? Giving him the cold shoulder. Let me talk through some more of the plot. So we, we start with all the babies arriving, and Jumbo Jr. shows up late, just kind of a precursor to the outcast he will become. Those elephants were jerks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are those supposed to be like his aunts or like just the other elephants or like, you know, I wasn't sure what that dynamic was, but yeah, they were they were terrible. The elders, I guess, who didn't get their new babies because they're too old. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird scene, too, where the stork arrives and they're like, definitely not these ladies. Yeah. He's like, you know, he's like, well, that one's, you know, that one's way past her prime, and he's like, oh, of course it's you. You know, this one gets the baby. They've, they've all gone through menopause, and they're just they're just mad. Yep. Which one of you ladies is expecting? So from there, we get the really fun train scene. I love Casey Jr. Really set the scene really well. The, the train heads to the circus town, and I believe the next scene is setting up the circus tent in the rain, which was a very impressive animated sequence. Pretty epic. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I was supposed to like feel bad for them, like it's animal cruelty, but they seemed pretty capable, you know, like setting it up. So I don't know. And they all seem to like take ownership in it, you know, like they I definitely noticed that too. Like they didn't necessarily look like put out in the scene where they were uh setting up the camp, or at least I don't remember them seeming put out. And then like the follow up scene where they have the parade or whatever like all the different animals that you see are like very proud of what they're doing like yeah you know the the gorilla is like fixing his cage the camel like refuses to spit because he doesn't want to like look you know improper <laughs> yeah, in public right. and stuff like they all seem to like know their role and value their part or they're just completely enslaved and tortured and forced to do that that too <laughs> In the parade, we're talking about Dumbo falls in a puddle, is mocked, and then very soon after is, I guess, is he like put on display and all the kids start mocking him? Is that kind of what happens there? Yeah, it looked like they were just kind of like in their stocks. Like it looked like like opening day of the carnival or whatever. And then so these kids just mock him incessantly and his mom freaks out and she gets taken to the loony bin, which is very sad for, for little baby Jumbo, Jumbo Junior Dumbo, whatever we're calling him. Anyway, so Dumbo gets all depressed. He screws up the circus show. And then we get the touching scene of, of Timothy the Mouse taking him to go see his mom, as we discussed. And I really, really like this Baby Mine song. Baby Mine, I'm sure we'll eventually, when we run out of movies, David, do a list of maybe our top songs from Disney movies. And that one might actually make it pretty high up there for me, even even though it's a, it's a new song for me. I don't remember the song. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think it'll be on the top of my list. I, I remember the song, Mike. Okay, uh, thank you. Yeah, I thought it was a really good song too. Um, and then, you know, as soon as I got done watching the original Dumbo, 
I started poking around on the internet and I had, I had no idea that they were doing a live action one. So that's kind of like a nice surprise. Like, cool. Now I get to watch this trailer for the new one. And you know, that's the first thing you hear is this, this new mixed updated version of baby mind song that plays throughout the whole trailer, which also sounds great. I might be more excited for live action Dumbo than live action Lion King, just because like Lion King's such a perfect movie already, and Dumbo isn't. Yeah, they have a lot more to work with. I feel like adding to the story of Dumbo and making and using modern animation to like emote him more than they could in this movie. I'm I don't know. It could be really good. Sure, I did like how simple the the animated movie was, and I and it it seems now with the live action version, it's going to focus much more on the people uh, who's in it. Michael Keaton and, and I forget who else is in the cast. Uh, it's Michael Keaton and it's Colin also Farrell. Colin, Colin, Colin Farrell. Farrell, yeah. Danny DeVito. Of course, Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito looking like the exact same character that he plays <laughs> in Big Fish, which is also a uh, Ring, Tim Burton movie. Circus Master, Ringmaster. Yeah. yeah, Circus Master slash Werewolf. At least it won't be a, it won't be a direct remake. Lion King, they're just going to remake Lion King. They got their work cut out for him in Dumbo. I mean, I don't. they're going to have to inject a story into this movie. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Which clearly they're, they're trying to do with a human cast, whereas in this movie, the humans consist of like faceless manual labor and like a uh, kind of a, I guess not clumsy, but, you know, the ring, the ringmaster. That's yeah. that's about it, you know? Yeah. yeah. More than the last few movies that we've watched um i feel like this movie felt a little bit more to me like a long tv cartoon i don't know if it was the animation style that was just kind of reminding me more of a tv show or the fact that it was so short um but it seemed a little bit more of like a you know a movie these days that would show up on the disney channel rather than a movie that you'd pay to go see in a theater so I don't know. Did you guys think it felt? Did it feel like a feature film to you? Or did it feel more like a cartoon? No, I, I I definitely agree with what you're saying. It it seemed, you know, both the duration, the production value, which I still appreciated, but when you compare it to the other ones, like it definitely felt like they were they were pushing to stretch this into a, a feature film in more ways than one. And also the probably because of the budget, the animation style was much more cartoony mm -hmm. compared to the previous ones. They went for, I mean, certainly the characters in Snow White and Pinocchio are cartoony-ish, but there is definitely some more realism to them and more realism to the environments and backgrounds and things in some of the previous movies, most likely because of the budget. Because as we, as we get to Bambi next week, uh, they go all out. Mm -hmm. And it's... The animation of that movie is very impressive, but you'll have to wait till next week for that one. I mentioned the pink elephant scene in my opening statement. I was definitely confused, like growing up, that the pink elephant scene I thought was from Winnie the Pooh, but it's from Dumbo. And I feel like Winnie the Pooh has some like weird, trippy, colorful elephants in it. The half a lump of the Winnie the Pooh ride at Disney World. But I thought that they're the same elephants as the Pink Elephant song. I was very confused on that. Hmm. Yeah, just to set that up, at some point when Dumbo's sad, he's with the mouse and they go to drink some water and it's a like, bottle of champagne has been dumped into it on accident and they don't realize it. 
Those drunk clowns, man. Yeah, and so they both get wasted, I guess, and there's this extended dream sequence that is beyond trippy. Look out! Look out! Yeah, that I didn't really quite know what to make of that, honestly. Like, <laughs> I, like it was cool. First of all, I thought it was cool. It was just kind of like letting it wash over me, and then I immediately found myself asking, like, "But why is this happening? Like, why? <laughs> why did they pick this point in this movie to start like flexing creatively and just go so trippy with it?" I was like, well, "You know what? Those clowns. You know, I'm a 31 year old man, so I'm not just like, oh, he's sad and he drank the." adult juice and he's having a dream you know i was like i found myself sitting there being like were those clowns like slamming absinthe or something or like <laughs> yeah that was what, not champagne what what were they drinking that 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 dumbo and this mouse are just completely tripped out right now the most messed up visual in that was there's like the elephant made out of multiple elephant heads and all different yeah. colors yeah that was that was the stuff of nightmares At least in Pinocchio, when I don't think they drink, but they, they smoke in Pinocchio, like he gets super sick and they like show the negative side effects of drinking, I guess, for kids, if mm-hmm. they even know what he's drinking. But yeah, this one is just a little bit weird to use alcohol in such a long scene like that in a kid's movie. It's a little strange. And also to to portray it in such a trivial way when like in Pinocchio, it has these immediate, intense repercussions whereas in this one it was just kind of like i mean they woke up in a tree and then met some what turned out to be friends essentially but like it's really it was really in this one just a vehicle to like just show off some really trippy animation i didn't feel like there's any sort of message attached to it or they just were like we need to get this over an hour (laughs) maybe (laughs) or or it's not gonna be able to screen in theaters or something i'm just picturing walt disney being like you guys got a limited budget here. I need this movie in a week and I need another 10 minutes. And then just like this one guy on the animation crew who's like a stoner was like, I've been working on this for three months. We got to get it in the movie. And Walt Disney being like, whatever, weirdo, just put it in there. Like they definitely leaned on like some, some stoned out intern to like pad movie time on this one. I mean, I felt that way a little bit with the train too. I mean, it was fun that they personify, you know, they 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 gave it a personality. I have a question on this because you mentioned him earlier. Yes, I, mean, I have a lot of questions about this movie, but I'll keep it to this one. Okay. What is the train's name? Casey Junior. Okay, is Casey Junior the entire train? Is he the front of the train or is he the whistle? Because they seem to be <laughs> sentient and. A functioning independently. <laughs> did they mention the train's name in the movie, or did you just look that it's up? It's in the Mike? song. Casey Jr.'s coming down the track. It's a song they sing. Ah, I missed that. <laughs> I do not have a great answer for that, Patrick. That's disappointing. But Other right. than that, the train at Disneyland is called the Casey Jr. ride, so okay. I assume he is the entirety of the train. Okay. However, I would think that the brain is in the engine and his face is the the steam whistle deal i think he's got a face on the on like the front but his mouth is the whistle thing. Oh. well maybe he it's just his, has his the whistles go woo <laughs> <laughs> it's his siamese twin buddy yeah he has eyes he definitely has eyes and a nose and a hat like on the front i don't remember any of that 
And so like the whistle, yeah, I don't know. He's just, he's not, doesn't have human proportions or dimensions, but okay. I think they can get away with that. So after this crazy hallucination, Dumbo and Timothy Q Mouse, is that his name? I don't know like his that? name because they literally never say it in the movie. He, uh, at the end, his name is on the newspaper or something. I saw that and I tried to read it, but then I thought, yeah. you know what? I shouldn't have to try this hard to know what this character's name is. Yeah, I didn't know his name either. Timothy Q Mouse <laughs> and Dumbo end up in a tree. They don't know how they got up there. And they are greeted by a quartet, a quintet. How many? I think there were five. Of, of black crows. I seen a peanut stand and heard a rubber band. I seen a needle that winked its eye. But I be done seeing about everything when I see an elephant fly. Which I thought were great. There's definitely controversy around the decisions to make them black and give them certain voices. I read a little bit about that. I don't know if any of you guys delved into that at all. It did. It did feel, I mean, I don't know. It, it felt more like a stereotype than overtly racist. If that, if that counts for anything. Yeah. You know, like, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I should tread lightly on this. <laughs> I love the song that they sang. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was very entertaining. Very entertaining. I didn't remember this from when I was a kid. Like if I, sh- if I showed this to my child, right. Would my child take away some sort of like jacked up perception of of like African-Americans? Would they even know that these are supposed to be African-American? Probably not. You know, they'd just be like, ah, those those crows were funny. You know, like. So I guess in that regard, I, I didn't think it was like crazy. And it's also it's made in 41 and people were a lot more <laughs> racially insensitive back then. But for the purposes of this movie, I thought they. They were fun characters that had a positive impact on the story. And they give Dumbo the gift of flight, or at least the placebo gift of flight with the magic feather pulled out of one of their butts. And Dumbo figures out that he can flap his ears and fly or glide with his ears, which is... A great conclusion to the story, this this neglected character, then he doesn't save the day, but he he proves his worth. Yeah, I don't know if I was totally satisfied with the like redemption. Like, yeah, now he can use his ears to be the climax of the show, like they kept saying. Oh, uh, don't say climax, but, David. Yeah, they said, they Stop said say, that a lot. Do not say climax to me. <laughs> that scene was I'll come back to that. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um but the ending seemed very abrupt to me. Like, yeah, he flew, and then he got his mom back at the end. Um, All the I, newspapers, I Dave. Like, all the newspapers. Yeah, that's true. He's world famous. He can just get over all the the abuse when he was a baby. <laughs> he probably won't remember anyways. <laughs> getting getting manhandled by a, by a tardy stork beginning of this movie and <laughs> dive-bombed and shunned by his family and friends and separated from his mother and i mean yeah you break it down like that like there's some hard content in this movie like that goes really fast yeah like you don't have time to linger on most of those things do you think so i i didn't want to do too much too much research you know and you said this was made in 41 right yeah so i started thinking about you know when was this movie made it's one of their earlier ones what might have been going on 
in the world when this movie was made? And how might that shape the story that they've crafted and the message within that movie? And the message is very simple. You know, it's a very simple movie. It's, you know, don't judge people, don't count people out, don't whatever. So do you think this movie, I mean, like, is it is it so obvious now that we know that it was made in 41 that, like, this might have been informed or it might have been made in response to, like, Nazi Germany or is this not? Like, I mean, I, all I could think about were, like, like the Holocaust, like, you know, yeah. parents and children being separated and right. people that are different being, like, hardcore ostracized, like... Yeah, I, I don't know for sure. Like I said earlier, it was based on some kid's book, but it was certainly changed. Yeah. And there yeah. very well could have been, you know, some of that put it put, put into it that wasn't necessarily in the source material. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a World War II expert. I don't know. When did the U.S. actually get into the war? When was Pearl Harbor? Well, David, you said it was right 41. after this movie. Yeah, okay. 41 so, well, the war Pearl Harbor, yeah. started in the late 30s. We didn't get into it. I mean, Nazi Journey was a thing. Early, early to mid thirties and on, we didn't get into it in forty one, and I don't think anybody even really knew about the Holocaust until like forty forty four or whatever. But people were still like fleeing the country, like sure, you know, long before that had happened. Sure, yeah, it's an interesting thought, and I'd be interested to think of think of the previous few movies like that as well, because I mean, Snow White, Snow White was right before. World War Two, you know, Pinocchio was, I guess, right before it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Fantasia and, and Dumbo, and now Bambi's coming next. And Bambi is a lot, is basically about preserving nature and how man can destroy everything. So it's an interesting observation for sure. All right, we can start wrapping this up a little bit. Uh, the movie ends. Dumbo is world famous. He has his own private car on Casey Jr., which I guess, according to Patrick, I mean, depending on how we interpret the train, Casey Jr. got a new butt or he's just dragging a new car behind him. They just made a new friend. He made a new friend. Yeah. Let's get to our ratings and wrap up on this movie. We need a rating system for snow white we did it out of seven dwarfs for pinocchio we did it out of a hundred donkey children uh fantasia was out of like something something brooms i think the the obvious has got to be pink elephants right yeah that was mine trippy pink elephants we all we all went there (laughs) it's just too obvious all right so so let's do let's just do 10 okay Out out of 10 pink elephants on parade patrick how would you rate this movie and kind of Give me your final, your final analysis. Oh, I, I think I'd give it a seven out of ten. Trippy pink elephants. The only, the only real deductions. I mean, I know this was low budget. I know they might have skimped and stuff, but I, I thought the music and animation was as impressive as anything. Yeah. I, I liked that it was short, but I'm taking away points because there's really no plot, so I'll take a point for that. And there's also a lot of weird production errors that I noticed that, hmm. that reek of low budget. Like when water's showered over him, it has no sound effect. When he cracks open the peanut, there's no sound effect. Like little things like that, that I, I couldn't help notice. Hmm. Interesting. So, you know, budget scrimps and technical errors and slight racism. Give it, <laughs> give it a, give it a seven out of 10 trippy pink elephants. All right, David, what do you got? I would give this movie a, 6.5 out of 10 trippy pink elephants. I enjoyed it. Kind of similar reasons to Patrick. The story 
could definitely use more on the villain front on every front. I did like how as a classic like underdog story, he learned to overcome his weakness basically at the core. Yeah, I I liked some of the, you know, more stylized animation towards the beginning with the train and everything. So that was that set it apart a little bit. And the screenplay was written by Joe Grant and Dick Humor. <laughs> so I'm giving it a half point just for that name. <laughs> did you know that? I did not know that. How did, what's his last name? Humor? Dick Humor. Was his middle name Climax? <laughs> Dick Climax he Humor. He the script a lot. Yeah. <laughs> the Climax. That scene, I'm sorry, that scene is so screwed up. I forget. What are they? They're just talking about, we got to get to the climax of the show. Is that what it is? So it's, we're watching this weird scene where the, the nameless circus mouse is watching the ringleader. Yeah. And is like henchman. In silhouette. In silhouette while one of them's getting naked and the other one's just standing there watching. And he's like, I got this great idea. And then we're going to stack up the elephants. It's going to be awesome. And then something, but I don't know what I'm going to get to. And so he goes to sleep. And the circus mouse like incepts him, you know, and gives oh, him right. this yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "You gotta, you gotta, Dumbo. He's gonna fly in, and it's that's your climax." And like, you're hearing this this German ringleader just like deep man grumbles, just going eh, climax <laughs> in his sleep. Like it is very <laughs> awkward. I so, forgot, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, that's, so, yeah. that's pretty great. Uh, well, makes sense with who wrote it, I guess. Mr. Climax. <laughs> Your pyramid of elephants are standing in a ring, waiting for a climax. You are now getting that climax. Anyway, I really, really enjoyed this movie, as I said at the top. I, I loved its brevity. I think the plot was fine. I mean, he's a he's disgraced. He... He's down in the dumps. He meets a buddy. He learns he has a, a, a rare talent and then becomes a star. The movie in general was just charming to me. I love the beginning. I love the end. It's a lot of different things I haven't seen in these Disney movies yet, despite the low budget that they had. So I'm going to have to give this. I got nine out of ten loopy Whoa. pink elephants. What? I really, I really liked it. Oh, I, man. I basically, I basically watched it a second time afterwards because I was, as I was sort of preparing the show, I, I just kind of had it on in the background. And I, I think your your daughter gave it that extra Disney bump, didn't it? <laughs> Baby mine. <laughs> na, na, na. Anyway, any final thoughts about Jumbo Junior? I have one real quick um, that we forgot to talk about the obvious low budget animation of the silhouettes in multiple scenes yeah. like it did it like two or three times showing the clowns and the ring ma master um so i thought that was definitely obvious why they did that because they didn't actually have to animate the characters yeah i don't i mean i i thought the same thing like when they're setting up camp like they're all faceless black workers like talking about how they yeah well that was definitely because mm -hmm. they didn't want to animate people <laughs> and they were literally singing about how they work all day and they work all night and they don't care about their paycheck and they blow all their money and they don't care and they're they love to be like slaves to their jobs that was pretty jacked up too man that was way more i thought that was way more overtly racist than the crows i forgot to mention that earlier sorry and then they're enslaving the animals as well so we have like multiple levels of enslavery i suppose yeah 
But the movie still has heart. It does. And I it it, it struck me deep. It got me. It. A softy, Mike. You're just becoming a big old papa bear. And with that, we will wrap up this episode of Disney One by One. Patrick Schaefer, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, guys. It was a lot of fun. And David, as always, thank you for doing the show with me. Of course. Thanks for having me back. Please do not forget to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever else you may have found this show. Next week, we have Bambi, the classic Bambi. I definitely watched this one as a kid, and it was it's sad. It's sad. So we'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Disney One by One podcast. If you have any questions or suggestions, send us an email to Disney1x1 at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Disney1x1 and at Disney1x1.com. We'll be back next week with another exciting episode of the Disney One by One podcast. Thanks, guys. I just climaxed. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, I wasn't too bad, was I?